welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of the Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I've got a juicy subject. It's called Why We Choose the Wrong Relationships. Haven't we all been there before? And I've got a lovely guest. Their name is Harris Eddie Hill. <laughs> They're a childhood trauma coach. And we thought it'd be a great topic to talk about why we choose the wrong relationships in today's podcast. So welcome, Harris. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Lynn, and for everyone listening. It's a real pleasure to be here with you today, and I hope I can give you lots of value as well as entertainment. I'm sure you will. So, Harris, tell me a little bit about why you're doing what you're doing at the moment before we get stuck into um, specifically about why we choose the wrong relationships. Sure. Well, like like a lot of folks who I think are sensitive, um, I was definitely born with the gift of listening to people long before I knew what to do with that or had the emotional maturity to kind of say any say anything back or reply with anything useful. And, you know, after uh, many years of sort of my own healing and entrepreneurial, you know, sort of ventures in lots of different directions, I realised that I wanted to do something that mattered to me. And as I was kind of inching towards uh, setting up the... Uh, Centre for Childhood Trauma Healing, which was a total surprise, by the way. Uh, I was working for the, for the NHS, for the um, listeners abroad, that's the National Health Service that are, are kind of free at the point of service uh, healthcare in the UK as a health and wellbeing coach. <clears throat> and I was looking after people who had all sorts of, they were coming to talk about uh, managing their health. So it could be like diabetes, if people wanted to lose weight, you know, obviously I had no agenda with that. But if people came and they were like, I want to talk about my relationship with food or alcohol or, you know, my personal relationships, my anxiety, depression, blah, blah, blah. And the number one cause of almost everybody's issues or the, or, or um, issues that made it difficult for them to manage their health always came back to childhood trauma. And the NHS, uh, as much as I love it and I really value it, it's it's struggling and it's far behind the needs of trauma survivors. Uh, in some places now you can get EMDR on the NHS, but that was really invented for simple trauma, not things like complex trauma. And um, having EMDR, been through the... Sorry to interrupt, Harris. Let me just explain it's... to the audience what yeah. that is first. It's eye movement desensitization, something. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, it, it's a process by which you go through a memory and as you're doing it, you move your eyes in a certain way. And it's meant to kind of take the sting out of the memory, but it's not, it's not, it wasn't invented to be used for everything. You know, right. if we've been through a simple trauma, like a car crash or a one-off incident, then it's great for something like that. But when you've got complex trauma, you're not necessarily dealing with memories. You're dealing with beliefs you have about yourself and, you know, the way you behave with other people and the fears that you have. Um, you know, you might believe that you'll you'll only be loved if you get everything right, which is how we get perfectionism, you know, all sorts of things like that. 
So uh, having been through this healing myself around childhood trauma and having uh, trained about six years ago, just over six years ago in um, neuro-linguistic programming and timeline therapy, which are some other alternative modalities, I realized that actually I have the tools and the personal experience to help people. So that's how I ended up doing what I'm doing. And just briefly, again, for the audience's benefit, what's neuro linguistic programming, which is usually abbreviated to NLP, isn't it? But uh, yes. So it's this it's it's kind of the idea that our brains are programmed. So a huge amount of our lives day to day are automatic, you know, like when we get up, we go to the toilet, we eat, we you know, and so much of our behavior is it's a routine. It's automatic. And the idea is that a lot of those that programming comes from different places and not all of that programming is helpful to us or or any longer relevant so and the idea is that you can then change that you can swap it for something else and the parts that work and this is where I get really passionate about what trauma processing is versus trauma therapy or talking therapy is that in order for our brains to change the most significantly we need an emotional experience so if we've had a negative experience that resulted in trauma then we need to have a opposite uh kind of complementary emotional experience to kind of heal or finish off that memory or to change the way that our brain works around a certain issue or topic and yeah. um yeah and we can reframe things so they mean something different that's you know gives us a more positive feeling can't we Yeah, it's reframing, but it's also processing because trauma in the brain is basically a a memory or an experience or a group of experiences that the the memory never got filed away. And that's why when it's triggered, it feels like it's in the present and it's happening to us now. So the way that we we finish a trauma memory or feeling or belief or whatever is by actually giving an ending that we want to give it that is helpful to give it and that happens in an emotional experience rather than a talking lo- logical mindset kind of a way. So it's a, it's a very different uh, type of work than is talking therapy. But could you give us an example of what that would be again, for the benefit of the audience? Yeah. So I will share what happened with me. So um, I had my simple PTSD uh, treated the first time. This was uh, PTSD as a result of um, child sexual abuse and what we did is that we went into this is not a triggering thing by the way uh just for anyone listening who's sensitive um what we did is that we I went with my practitioner to the morning after the incident and I went to go and meet this younger version of me we had this really healing conversation um you know, I sort of answered their questions. I said that, you know, I sort of said all the things that really I needed at that time. And even though obviously I'm in the present and I can't change the past, we gave my brain what it needed. So we had those conversations. We answered those questions that were still in me. There was still like 10 year old me who had all of this stuff that was thought, but never, never spoken. So we did that. We also uh, kind of diffused or dissipated all of the emotional charge in the body. And then we closed off that memory. Like once it really felt finished with, it was like, there's no questions left here. There are no emotions left here. And then we took younger me and put them in a kind of safe space, like away from that memory. And 
it was hugely emotional. There was an enormous release. There was a lot of snot and tears. I'm not a very graceful crier. And it was incredible. And I had no idea that this was going to work, but I was, you know, I'd lived with with a really severe trauma for sort of 20 years and I'd, I'd have given anything a go. And since that day, I've not been triggered once. Um, I've not had flashback, nothing. Like it really is, it is gone. And once I realised how simple this is it's not to say you don't have you don't need skill to do it but once I realized how simple it is um it was absolutely life-changing and it made me quite angry at all of the people I'd asked for help from who had no interest in this kind of possibility and they just told me I this was how I was going to live the rest of my life yeah it's very sad isn't it how a lot of people reacted that sort of thing so um, was this done via a, a normal conversation, via a closed eye process or some sort of regression via hypnotherapy? How was it done? It was a closed eye process, but it wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't in any kind of state. It was, quite, you know, you. I think you have to be quite conscious to do it. And it. I guess it's quite intuitive, you know, um, not everyone has a strong sense of uh imagination or or you know sort of visual stuff when when they've got their eyes closed but it was you know it it's helping the client to kind of trust the things that are coming up and the feelings and the thoughts which is a strange process if you've not done it before but it was really really powerful and actually really lovely and healing and um very positive and i absolutely 100% understand because I've been through something similar myself and, and been through a few different Clydesdale processes that really helped me as well so I uh, totally understand where you're coming from and uh, absolutely give it a thumbs up in terms of how it unbelievably easy it is in terms of a process but also like you say it's not without some sort of really significant uh emotional outpouring from yourself because I can remember loads of snot and tears coming out of <laughs> me as well yeah. uh, during that process so thank you for sharing that and um, another thing that interested me we had a little conversation off air around um, you know childhood trauma and, and people actually saying to you that they haven't necessarily been through what they'd recognize as childhood trauma mm. can you talk about that a little bit yeah, so this is kind of the lead up to our, our our topic today about who we choose. And it's that for so many of us, when we think of the term childhood trauma, we think about the real textbook stuff, you know, where parents have been or, or caregivers um, have maybe been physically violent or, you know, these really extreme things have happened. But actually, for the majority of people who've suffered childhood trauma, it's really subtle and we don't recognize it as trauma uh, um, especially if we get on with our parents or we you know we think we're they're great or we love them to bits or we have lots of fun or there's lots of positivity it's difficult to imagine that trauma has also come from that environment but actually it it has and that can look like um the way that it manifests in adults is often you know it's people who have difficulty with boundaries or saying no or get anxious about their relationships in one way or another or who find deep connection difficult because it kind of seems a bit scary and we might not have the stamina to kind of withstand being in deep connection with people at all or for or for long periods of time and it can manifest in us choosing 
part dysfunctional partners over and over again and this is one of the biggest i think hurdles is that either people are choosing the wrong partners over and over again or they're avoiding relationships altogether that's not to say that some people um you know aren't uh, a romantic meaning they don't they don't experience um uh romantic attraction some people are just not geared towards relationships and that's totally okay but we're talking about people who secretly do wish for a, for a romantic relationship but for one reason or another they're just not dating or they're not looking for it or they're busy distracting themselves with other things they're avoiding it it's it's yeah it's sad isn't it we're not educated about this as children within school the school system which i think it's so important to learn how to have and attract healthy relationships isn't it yeah a hundred percent so it happened to me so many times. I think I got to about 28 and I was dating this woman. I'm I'm pansexual, so I don't discriminate when it comes to the gender of uh, my partners. And um, I was dating this woman. She was really lovely. Um, and over time, I was like, she's really emotionally unavailable. Um, very lovely, but just not not there. We were, you know, I was sort of felt very present and, and very secure. And she was just frequently busy or looking at her phone or like, oh, I, you know, I'm I'm just doing something else at the minute. You know, she she found it very difficult to be present. And um, eventually we we did break up. Uh, unfortunately, she was a safe person. She was very lovely. But again, it just wasn't happening. The thing wasn't happening. And at that point, I had broken the spell of dating narcissists, which I'd had a had a very good nose for finding them and 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 uh, you know setting up something long term with them so i'd broken that but i was still attracting people who were they weren't malicious they, there was no malignancy there but they were ultimately um not capable still not capable so so you know the, these were nice people who again were not able to to meet me where i wanted us to be and i said to a friend i was like i said to a few people it's me there's something going on with me that's creating this because I'm 50% of this yeah you know and a lot of people are like no no you just got unlucky you know this happened that's I was like no I'm I, I know that I'm right I feel it in my bones I'm not blaming myself I'm not saying that I deserved to be treated badly or neglected or anything but there's something here that's that's happening I can feel it I just don't know what it's called and had you asked me at that point, do you have childhood trauma? I would have mentioned the sexual assault. But beyond that, I wouldn't have said anything, you know. And a friend of mine said, I know exactly what you're talking about. Here's this book. And at that point, I was already fairly addicted to self-help audio books and psychology and all that kind of thing. And this book was called The Human Magnet Syndrome. And I listened to it and I was floored to learn that the pattern of part and the partners and the dynamics that I was living out over and over again was the one that I learned at home really? it was how I watched my parents interact it was what I watched my you know I'm I'm non-binary but you know sort of grew up very much in a world of women um you know modeled a lot of my behavior on that and um I realized that actually I was putting up with the same things that my mum put up with um, I valued, I overvalued my ability to be calm, to not judge, to not react, which made me way too submissive or subservient, I should say, is probably a better word. I was, I was 
putting up with too much and thinking that it was very virtuous of me to do so when actually I was colluding without knowing it in my own abuse and neglect and that's a you know big thing for you to recognize because what I and a power to you what I really admire about what you're explaining is that you took full responsibility for your part in it yeah that's a hard thing to do and and I don't judge people who are not in that place I think there's a really, you know, being angry at how you've been treated and and feeling very kind of venomous about exes or even people that you're still with now, I think is also a very sane reaction. And I think that that's also just as important as getting to a point where you go, right, I'm ready to change the pattern, the dynamic, the, you know, whatever here. Um, but it's it's a hard thing to do. It was quite a lot. It's quite humbling to be like, oh, wow, you know, I've and I had to have a lot of self-compassion I was like I'm not I wasn't trying to harm myself in choosing the wrong people I was just choosing people for you know who for some reason felt familiar and the reason they felt familiar is because they played the opposite part of the dynamic that I was used to that looked like home to me and we're quite often resistant to um, change aren't we so even if it's unhealthy we still accept something that's familiar Mm. in our relationships 100 percent. and actually a friend of mine said recently she's also very much on the uh healing journey and particularly around relationships and and childhood trauma and she said to me i actually think that i am scared that a healthy relationship will be really boring and i said don't worry it's absolutely terrifying <laughs> <laughs> I said to her, when you first are safe with somebody who doesn't want anything from you, they just love your company, they think that you're great and you feel very relaxed around them, it's very positive, you laugh all the time, you you just have fun and it's just really wholesome. I said, getting used to that is really odd, very uncomfortable because your brain is like, I know logically that this is good and this is what I wanted, but actually the feeling of it is very alien and I feel very outside of my comfort zone it's it's a big thing so never be worried it'll be boring I think if you're if you're used to people who are total nightmares and there's a little there's a there's a little bit of a uh adrenaline there you'll definitely get adrenaline just in a, in a way that's probably more healthy absolutely I love that you've said that because I've had those conversations as well and it, it you know there's such a lot within a healthy passionate relationship with, which makes you feel alive that is that is great that can be just as exhilarating as as those previous harmful either unfulfilling or unhealthy relationships a hundred percent yeah it can be I think really exhilarating and um really affirming as well exciting exciting that's because that's what we all want don't we we want a fulfilling exciting passionate relationship that that where we feel desired and cherished and respected and um you know uh that doesn't need to be boring at all in any way shape or form no no and I I definitely have been on the it was really interesting so from that book the human magnet syndrome that I think I mentioned um around that time it was really in vogue it's not as much now but it was really in vogue to talk about narcissists and dating narcissists And at that point, I'd heard so many different things about it. You know, like if you're an empath, you're definitely going to end up with narcissists or, you know, all of all of these different things. And I was like, I don't really know if that's true, because I, you know, I I definitely um, am very highly empathetic uh, and I feel things beyond 
what we can scientifically um, demonstrate or, or, or recreate or prove. But that to me feels like a separate thing. That feels like a, a, a kind of a, a spiritual gift and nothing to do with trauma. In fact, I would say that that was one of the things that I had long before any kind of trauma had set in or anything like that. And I was when I was as I was healing because of all the things I'd read, I was like, well, if I heal, does that mean I'm going to lose all of this kind of spiritual empathic ability that I really value and that's so special to me? And actually what I found was once I'd cleared the trauma out of the way, it was more heightened than ever. And I could control it and integrate it and, and really enjoy it. Whereas before it had been a bit of a weird, slightly, you know, ill fitting, awkward thing. <laughs> yeah. No, I've been there. I've been on that path. So in terms of why we choose the wrong relationships, um, what do you think it, it is in a nutshell that you can explain as to the, what would be the answer to that question? It's the pattern that we're used to. So a lot of people will say, well, when I met my partner, like there was a real spark. And then a year later, it turns out that they're in a bloody nightmare and, you know, they're doing this and I'm not very happy. And the thing that our body responds to what's familiar and it's not discriminating just because you've told it, I don't want to date any more nightmares. It That doesn't really translate into anything. It's the pattern that we're used to, you know, in the first seven years of our lives, we, we develop like so much of our, our neurology, our neural pathways, you know, the, the, what family means to us, what connection means to us, how does that look? And so the people who there's something subtle about it, you first meet them and they'll say or do something. And there's, there's a part of your body just naturally responds because it's familiar. It doesn't matter that actually it's responding to a dynamic or, or a, a clue that that dynamic is there that's not healthy. So the best thing that we can do is to become educated about that to begin to embody it and then actually have help to process our trauma our issues and and all of that kind of thing and start to get a really clear idea of what healthy looks like and be brave enough to to give it a go thank you so much for sharing that and for those people harris that are interested in finding more about what you're talking about or connecting with you what what is the best contact information you can share with us today Go to my website. Everything's on there that you could possibly need. It's mxharrishill.com. Thank you so much. And, and any final words of wisdom around the subject of why we choose the wrong relationships in terms of um, last words? <laughs> yeah, I think it would just be don't give up. Don't blame yourself. There's absolutely something you can do about this with with guidance from somebody else like myself. Doesn't have to be me. But, you know, we've been through it. We totally understand what it's about, how it works and how to get you out the other side, it can absolutely get easier and you can begin to enjoy it and have nice relationships. I second that. And it's it can be really life-changing uh, mm. for, the, for the better. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, agreed. So thank you so much, Harris. That's been a really interesting conversation and I really appreciate you sharing your so much of your own story and experiences within that. Yeah, of course, Lynn. Thanks so much. It's been really lovely to talk to you today. So it just leaves me to say that true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn 
at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.